If you don't mind, I just want to read this text and then you could have your seats. <clears throat> Our scripture reading this morning is taken from the book of John, the Gospel of John, chapter number 20. And um, this is probably going to be the longest thing that I do this morning, that is read this text. But uh, I'll be reading from verse number 19 and I'll end at verse number 31. That's the Gospel of John chapter 20, reading at verse number 19, and I'll end at verse number 31. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Repeat that one more time. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. However, if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see his hands and the print of his nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Repeat that one more time for emphasis sake. Now, Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. And after eight days... His disciples were again inside, and Thomas this time was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believe. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. 
Church, I want to speak to you for a brief moment on this morning, and I do mean brief. Don't miss your blessing. Don't miss your blessing. Look to the person next to you and say, don't miss your blessing. Now look to, the, look to the next person on the other side and say to them, don't miss your blessing. If there is somebody standing behind you, look to the person behind you and say, don't miss. Come on now, don't miss. Don't miss your blessing. You, you could have your seats. Don't miss. Don't miss. Don't miss. Don't miss your blessing. There is no doubt in my mind that God blesses us in some very private and intimate moments. From Adam and Eve to Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the list will go on and on, it would be both foolish and erroneous to insinuate or suggest that Jehovah doesn't deal or only deals with us in private moments. And at the same time, it would be both foolish and erroneous to also insinuate and to suggest that he does not deal with us in those private and intimate moments and ways. Yet the truth is also in the fact that Jesus, while he does deal with us, God, while he does treat with us, the, the Holy Spirit, while he does communicate with us in those personal and intimate moments, the truth is also there to be seen that he also deals with us and communicates with us in the assembling or the assembly of the saints together. God engages with, engages with us privately as well as publicly. He communicates with us when we are totally alone as well as when we are assembled together as a body. I want us to note something that there is a blessing that one gets from an end being in the assembly of the believers. I'll put it this way. It's the blessing of being in the room. It's the blessing of being present and participating. It's, it's the blessing of being there to be a face witness to some events. It's the blessing of not only saying that we are a community, but actually being a part of the community. There is a blessing in the assembling. Our text is filled with powerful spiritual and practical instructions and encouragement for each and every single one of us. As we think about where we lie and where we sit in our community even on today, many try to keep to themselves when suffering from depression and anxiety and frustration and doubt and hurt and loss, pain, grief, distress. Many try to keep to themselves when they are going through their bouts of fear. But the text is shedding some light on what the disciples were doing at a time when they were confused, when they were lost, and they were afraid. The texts suggest to us that they got together and they assembled in their confusion, in their fear, in their loss, in their grief, in their distress, in their doubt. They decided it was better to get together than to stay away from each other. 
I, I want us to appreciate that when we think about the text of the New Testament, particularly texts that we find that refer to the birth, the growth, and the expansion of the church, I, I need for us to mirror some things before I just give some points here really briefly. I want us to understand that when we think about contextually the text that we are reading, there was a persecution that they were anticipating. When they got together, number one, I need for us to understand that this, in this context in John chapter number 20 was the exact same day that Jesus was resurrected from the tomb. If you go earlier into verse number one, it, it, it accounts for the women that have gone to the tomb and when they go into the tomb, the tomb is empty and they are scared that someone would have taken the body of Jesus. They come and they, they, they say as much to, to Peter and the others and the men from that point on, they take off running to the tomb. And as they take off running to the tomb, they get to the tomb, they don't see the body there, they leave and the woman stay there looking into the tomb and it's there that Mary, as she's looking into the tomb, she sees two Two men she sees two angels one at the foot where Jesus foot would have been and one at the head where his head would have laid and they convert it confer the message that the master is no longer here he was dead but he is risen and so that gives them reason to rejoice but in as much as it gives them reason to rejoice at the word of the angels, Jesus takes the opportunity to come to them and to show himself present and available, even to the point where he meets with the woman for the first time. They want to be all huggy on Jesus. They don't, they don't move away from Jesus. They want to get in there. They want to hug on him. They want to touch him. They, they want to love on him. And Jesus says, no, 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 don't touch me because I'm, yet, I'm, I'm not yet ascended to my father. But then as we make our way down into our text where our reading was taken from, it tells us that the rest of the disciples together, they were assembled later that evening for fear of the Jews. In other words, they were fearful for their lives. They, the Jews just killed the Lord and Master, and if they could kill the Lord and Master, they could certainly kill us. If, if they would crucify the Lord and Master Jesus Christ, certainly they, they would do the same to those who would be followers of Jesus Christ. The whole point of them killing the Master to begin with was to help disperse this, this teaching and this way that Jesus came to preach and to propagate and to promote. So by very virtue of being aligned with Jesus, they were fearful of their lives. But it says even though they were fearful, don't miss this, even though they were fearful, they decided that they were going to assemble together. Because there is a blessing that one receives in the assembling. <laughs> I, I know I don't have all my guys here this morning, uh, but I, I, want, I want to ask you guys to come up here for a second. Let me see. Jose, I, I need for you to come up here for a second. Let, let, Lance, you need to come up here too. Ryan, I'm going to call you to come up. Normally, I have a whole bench filled with guys in the front here that I could call on, but, but we're kind of sparse this morning. Come on, Landon. Come on, come on, come on. I know you want to come up here too, Tim. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Bro, would you come up? Barry, you mind? I need, from, I need from somebody from that side, Barry. I, I don't want that side to, be, to feel left out. All right. Did I touch on every single aisle? Tim, your birthday was like two, three days ago. Come, come and do this with me for your birthday celebration. So, so guys, here's what I want us to do. I want us to see this. I want us to see this. There is a blessing in the assembling. 
in moments of fear, what sheep would do in a very natural, natural way whenever there was a predator on the loose and a predator, uh, the smell of a predator was making its way into the area where the sheep would go, the natural instinct of the sheep would be to gather together, to pull together. Not side by side in a nice line. They would, they would just gather around and, <laughs> and they, would just, they would just huddle and they would just be and, uh, because there's a smell of, 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 of a predator that was on the loose. And so in the busyness, they, they sense it. They sense that there is danger. And once they sense that there is danger, what the sheep do instinctively, this is built into the sheep, the same animal that, you, that universally we, we consider to be foolish and universally we consider to be weak, universally we consider them to be dumb. This was built in by God as a defensive mechanism that when danger was on the horizon, there is safety in numbers. Don't miss this. So when danger was on the horizon or when danger was looming, what sheep would be instinctive, what sheep would instinctively do is they would huddle together. Because it's, it's better if in moments of danger I partner up with some folks, especially if you think about the fact that in a flock you're going to have different sheep of different ranges of age and experience. And so what the sheep would do almost instinctively is the big, the big rams, the big males, and even some of the larger females, they would instinctively make their way to the, the extremities or the perimeter. Let me, let me use some security language here. And, and, and so the older sheep would make their way up to the front and around. And, and the younger sheep, I know we don't have a bunch of younger sheep here, but, but, but the younger sheep would make... The younger sheep would make their way into the middle of the crowd. And the older sheep, as a means of a, acting as a wall or a, 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 a barrier of protection, they would usher by just moving and wiggling. You see them moving and they bear, 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 bear. And what they're doing is they're, they're instinctively ushering these younger sheep, these calf even, into a space that they would have been more better protected. And so there's a, there's a blessing in the assembling. What does the disciples do when, when they are running scared for their lives after just having lost their Messiah? They decided it would have been better for us to be together. Don't miss this. Because I'm telling you, in Scripture, there is a persecution that takes place. And in the midst of persecution, there is an instinct that is naturally there that says it's better for us when we go through persecution. It's better for us in times of difficulty, trials, and distress. It's better for us when we're going through the, 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 the storms of life. It's better for us to maintain our relationship with the body because there is a blessing in the assembling. But when I think on a contemporary basis, in our more modern times, I need for us to understand that there is a difference between a, a, a persecution and then what we have experienced recently in the pandemic. And what's interesting about persecution versus pandemic is that the persecution of the text that we find in scripture gives us a model as to how we deal with a pandemic. You guys are not going to help me with this. The pandemic told us 
that we needed to have social distancing. And by all means, we social distance for as best as we could. But what's the reality of the situation is we're two years now removed from the pandemic. And I say, it's not that COVID isn't going around, so don't get me wrong with this. But you, you do realize that some people have not come out of the pandemic yet. You do realize that some people are still crippled in fear because of the pandemic. And we've made all kind of, what was once a good reason has become pretty much a good excuse. Hmm. I, I know I wasn't gonna get much help with this, but what may have started as a good reason not to assemble has now pretty much become a good excuse not to assemble. But there is a blessing in the assembling that even though we did the online thing and we continue to do the online thing, God blessed us through the pandemic, through technology to be able to assemble as best as we could. But do you realize the rest of the world has come out of a, of a pandemic but people in the church? The rest of the world is going to work. The rest of the world is going to Walmart. The rest of the world is going to the bank. The rest of the world is going to the mall. The rest of the world is going to concerts. The rest of the world is going on living, but apparently there's still a pandemic that is taking place in the church. How is it the thing that would have been a good reason has become a good excuse for the people of God? So what you started happening was individuals, as we began to panic and as we began to live in fear, we, didn't, we, didn't, we no longer saw the beauty and the blessing of the assembling. Could you guys have your seat really quick? Quick, 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 you're, you're keeping me back. I need, I need about five more minutes. <laughs> Church, the same model that we have. Fi fi find your wife, Tim, find your wife. She's right there. The same model that we have for persecution remains a pretty good model for us in the pandemic. By the time we get to Hebrews chapter numbers one and following, the Hebrew writer is writing to a group of individuals who have been persecuted hard. Persecuted so hard because of their faith and their belief that some of them had decided that they were going back into their Judaic way of practice and religion. But then some of them had decided because they were fearful of their lives, they would not assemble with the saints. So the Hebrew writer encourages them from the standpoint of understanding that Christ is superior to the law. So this thing that you're trying to go back cannot give you your soul salvation in a way that Christ gives you your soul salvation. But then he talks about the beauty of why it is we do assemble together. So by the time we make our way to chapter number 10 and verse number 25, he says, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves. Now, let me just say this really quick for those who think I'm using this in our old traditional way. The assembling of yourselves together is not only Sunday morning. But the church did meet on Sunday morning. I would have, you know, when you read your scriptures, the church met on Sunday, sis. They met on Monday. They met on Tuesdays. Do, do you believe it was radical for the church to meet on Wednesday? And then after they met on Wednesday, they also gathered on Thursday. Did you believe, church, that after Thursday, after Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, they decided we were going to get together on Thursday and then even Friday? And what about Saturday? They met every single day, as far as we read in scripture throughout the book of Acts. 
But I want us to appreciate something that as we think about the text where we are, this is at a point in their lives where they are filled with fear, where they are filled with confusion, they are lost, they don't know where up is down and down is up, they don't know left from right, they do not know where to go, but they understand it was necessary to get together with the people of God. But then as they are getting together, I want you to see this. As they get together, Jesus shows up in the midst. With the doors closed, Jesus shows up. In the middle of their fear, Jesus shows up. In the midst of their confusion, Jesus shows up. Jesus showed himself to the woman earlier, but now the disciples are gathered together and he decides, I'm going to show up in the presence of the gathering. Don't miss this. Because while God will show up in your private life, he also shows up in your public gathering as well. So while you could worship God at home, that's true. You could take yourself, your wife, your kids, and you guys could commune together. There is a blessing there, but there is a huge blessing you miss when you miss the assembling of the saints together. You, 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 you may not... If, if you believe that, you could say amen. If you believe that there is a blessing in the assembling, you could say amen because I, I want you to appreciate what God does, what Jesus does in this text is while he shows up privately, he takes opportunity and occasion to show up in the public gathering of the saints. In the first instance, when he shows up, he says to them, as soon as he pops up, he says, peace be unto you. <laughs> They were already scared. They were already hiding. <laughs> they were already afraid. So much so that they made sure that the doors, the exits and the entrances were locked and nobody could go out and go in without them knowing. But Jesus pops up in the middle of the room and speaks. Every now and then when current, when the electric, the lights go out, the place gets, our room gets super dark. And sometimes if Sherry Ann makes the mistake, we normally leave a light on in the closet area and that kind of gives a little bit of illumination. But sometimes if she makes the mistake of not making sure the light in the closet is on and she takes off all the rest of the, the lights and there is no lights outside, it is pitch black. And I do this thing, I know she, she, she probably wants to kill me sometimes, but I do this thing when it goes that dark, I just say something like, I'm going to bite your toe. <laughs> or, or, you know, just, just something, just something. I just kind of say something creepy in the moment. And, and I could feel her jump off the bed. <laughs> and she would say something like, if you don't stop that, I'll... And I'll say something like, if you try it, I'll get you. You know, and, and she just... But I want you to imagine that they are in this room full of fear and Jesus pops up in the midst of, out of nothing, out of nowhere, he shows up there and what he says to them is profound. Because what he's doing is speaking to a very real reality of, of what they were going through physically but also what they were going through internally. So when he comes in, he says to them with one phrase, with one voice, peace be unto you. 
the etymology of the word peace of going from the, the Hebrew into the Greek, the etymology of the word comes from a place of when you go back into the creation scene, when, when Moses is putting pen to paper and he says, for darkness was upon the face of the deep and God sent the spirit of himself and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. What are you saying, Brother Morgan? I'm saying when Jesus steps in into the middle of the room, in the middle of their confusion, in the middle of their fear, and he utters the words, peace be unto you. He says, I want you to calm down. I want the fear to dissipate. I want your, your anxiety to dissipate. I want your doubt to move away. And the way I want the doubt to move away is here is what I want you to do. I want you to come close to me and feel the nail scars in my hand. I, I want you to come close to me and feel where they pierce my side. I'm speaking life into you, but sometimes I need you to draw near and touch me. So when he shows up, he shows up in a public assembly of the saints. But in as much as he shows up in the public assembly of the saints, he is there to do something. He is there, number one, to, to comfort the saints. He is there, number two, to confirm who he was and confirm the saints. He is there to give a commission, but he is also there to give a confession. Let me do this and I'll be done. So the first time Jesus shows up, he says to them, peace be unto you. Come, touch my hands. Come, touch my side. And it wasn't until he said, peace be unto them. And, uh, you know, they were like, okay, yeah, it, it's good now. He's, he's not a ghost. <laughs> and then they gravitate towards Jesus. But the problem was there was somebody who was missing. And I need for us to understand what Jesus does because Jesus shows up a second time for the purpose of confirming Thomas the way that he was not confirmed when he came the first time. Jesus could have gone to Thomas privately. Jesus could have pulled up on Thomas in the street somewhere. Jesus could have pulled up on Thomas in an alleyway somewhere. But Thomas comes a second time, eight days removed from the first time Jesus came on the scene. And it wasn't until Thomas was assembled with them that Jesus took the opportunity and occasion to show up in the midst of the assembly. Because if you guys have to move as a unit, I got to get you in the same place so I could share with you the exact same message. You're not getting this. If, if, if we have to go out there as a unit, it's better for me to have an experience with all of you at the same time so that once I leave, you could have each other to lean on. If, 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 it, if it were easy for you to gather when you had fear, it should be that much more better for you to gather when everybody is full of faith. If, if I want you to shake the world, I want you to do it when, you're, when there's nobody there with you, but I want you to be of the same mind and of the same judgment, so I'm going to bring you all together so I could speak. Church, I want, you, I, want to, I want to share this with you. Every single time Jesus shows up in the middle of a crowd, it's a moment of change for the assembly. 
Every time Jesus shows up in the midst of an assembly, it's a moment of transformation and, and, and growth for every single person that's present there at this particular point in time. If you're not a child of God, this is a moment where Jesus is speaking to you and he is saying, come. If you're a child of God, this is a moment where Jesus is also speaking to you and say, you need to be strengthened. If you're walking straight, you know, up and down in your faith and, and you're not steady in your faith, this is a moment where Jesus is saying to you, no, I need for you to be serious. If you're doubting in your faith, Jesus is saying to you in the middle of the assembly, no, 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 no. I need you for you to be confirmed in who I am and who you are. So when we come together in the assembly, there is something that God is doing in the assembly for each and every single one of us. If ever you leave the assembly the same that you came in, maybe, just maybe, you didn't have the encounter that you were supposed to. So the second time Jesus shows up, it tells us that Thomas is there. But you recognize before Thomas assembles with the saints, the disciples say to him, we have seen the Lord. In, in, in other words, there is a blessing that you receive in the assembly because when Jesus shows up, your faith has been confirmed. When Jesus shows up in the assembly, your, your doubt has been dispelled. When Jesus shows up in the assembly, your fear has diminished and your faith is the thing that reigns. And so the rest of the disciples were standing flat-footed firm in the fact that Jesus had in fact risen from the dead, that he had in fact done what he said he was going to do. And they are confident, but Thomas was not there. I promise you, if we would be honest with ourselves and shame the devil, a husband that does not spend time with his wife and family soon strays from said wife and family. I promise you, siblings that don't spend time together grow apart from each other. I promise you, a community that is divided and does not come together, the divide will continue to grow and grow. And you could have how many conversations of unity you want if we're not spending time together to understand each other's shared experiences that we'll not truly come to a place of understanding. So we could be sitting here in the midst of individuals who do not come from our background, who do not have the same color of our skin, who have not had the same experiences we've experienced, but until we've gotten to a place of living and being in each other's lives, we would just be people who are sitting in the pews claiming to be members of Antioch Church of Christ. Because the blessing in the assembling is not just in the coming together to be in the same place. The blessing in the assembling is living life and doing life together. That's why when you get married, you leave your father's and mother's house and you cleave to your wife. That's why it is when we are a family, we endeavor to be in the same space. So as the family of God, it's important for us to spend time together. Could I say this and we'll be done? I promise you, if you don't spend time together as a church, it doesn't matter how much you say you love. The truth is you'll never be as connected as you would like to be. I promise you, if we're not spending time together, gaining understanding of each other and loving on each other and learning from each other and all that kind of stuff, we will always be separate but apart. So Jesus says there is a blessing in the assembling. Look to the person next to you and say, don't miss. Don't miss. Don't miss your blessing. 
The disciples were blessed the first time when Jesus showed himself alive. Thomas was blessed when he showed up with the disciples eight days later and Jesus came in. I, I, I contend that Jesus was coming anyway, but Thomas made himself available to be where he needed to be. Uh, some preachers might say God came back specifically for Thomas and that might be true. But I'm telling you, I, I believe more than anything else, while that might be the case, there's also another possibility that Thomas knew that Jesus might have come back to be with his saints and next time around, so he needed to be where the blessing was going to be and the blessing was going to be where Jesus was. So there is a blessing, say blessing, in the assembling, say assembling. So look to the person and help me preach this lesson while I close. Say don't miss, don't miss, don't miss your blessing. May God bless you, may he comfort you, may he give you peace, may he strengthen you wherever you are in your relationship with him. If you have yet to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to encourage you to accept him today. Tomorrow is not promised unto us, next week is not promised unto us. Accept Jesus today as your personal Lord and Savior. And if you are a believer in Christ, I want to encourage you to keep being in the assembly, keep being with Christ. Christ. Keep allowing God's word to fester in you and allow his word to come out from you. Keep being transformed so that in turn you could help transform a lost and dying world. Would you stand with me as together we sing our song of invitation? If there's anyone that needs the prayer of the church, please come forward and let it be known as together we sing these words of encouragement.